Attention, please. Places for top of show. Places for top of show. Hello, and welcome to Twins Talk Theater. We are Cindy and Stacy, and we're talking about theater, backstage life, and all the excitement that the audience doesn't get to see. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's podcast. This week, we are talking to a friend of mine for a little over a year now, Ashford Jakeaway. I met her on Allegiance with East West Players and JACCC. Um, she was doing wardrobe, and then we I started working at East West Players and have done a bunch of shows with her now. She's also uh, an actress. She does costume design. She's also a nerd. Sorry, twin. Um, she does cosplay oh, and stuff too, so we've spent plenty of time talking about the nerdum and <laughs> animes and comics and, and all that. So welcome to the podcast, Ashford. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Stacey. Yeah. It's an honor. Thank you so much. I feel like a requirement to work at East West Players is to be somehow a nerd. I feel like that's it, on the It's a requirement? List. Yeah. That's how right. they go through the resumes? Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> How do you feel about Star Trek and Star Wars? You, you, you've watched some? Okay, great. You're allowed to come <laughs> you, in. At least a base. Like, have you seen any of it? I'm like, yes. You, yeah. You watch a lot of, <laughs> I watched all of Star Trek, actually. That that did happen last year. So I felt pretty good about that, I think. All nice. of Nice. I have not watched all of them. <clears throat> My brother-in-law goes through every person. now and then. He was like, so I just watched this whole season. And I was like, okay. I don't know how. Yeah. You, I mean, I know how he has time to do it. I don't have time to do that, but yeah, Kai has time to do that. I Kai has him occasionally when he's watching them. Uh, so one of the first questions we love to ask because it's always exciting uh, to see how everybody got into the theater world is how how did you join this crazy world of theater? Uh, so as I say, as I'm, I always like to say that I, I was born on stage. There was a beautiful moment where I started. Uh, started acting as a kid, maybe in third grade or so. And so I've been in theater ever since. And I've just kind of always been like, oh, I'm going to make this little performance for you guys. Look, I made these costumes and I put them on. We're going to play dress up. Like that's what was my whole life. So um, I, re I really started doing theater, I would say like in high school, a really nice theater program. We didn't have a lot of money, but we were always doing like, we did like damn Yankees. And I'm like, this is a really mature play for us, but we were always doing something a little different and kind of outside of the box but um that's how I got started um really just being like I'm going to be doing theater for pretty much the rest of my life yeah this is where I'm going to live and then went to school for that and got a BFA in theater and performance and then moved to LA and started working here and uh here I am where'd so you, you got a degree in performance though not in specific costumes no actually yeah so I, yeah I just uh, I just got my my degrees in is in acting and um we took, I had to take a, several costume design, costume classes in general, like, so that the mm -hmm. actors, uh, you know, some class, some schools don't, but my school did, where they're like, the actors need to know how to do other people's tech jobs, so that when it gets your time to show up with that person, that at least you know what you need. You know what's going on. Yeah. CCM right. did that too. Like, you had to crew, scenic crew one show, you had to, like, spend one semester in the scene shop, you had to spend one semester in the costume shop, so that you... Yeah, had an appreciation and knew what other people were doing. Right. And so like, awesome. I sort of, I kind of came up and I sort of, um, I think it was my senior year, there was a class that was like a, a business of theater class and all the seniors that year before we got to chat about. And they're like, you don't need to take this class. Like you will learn this all your first year, but living out there as an actor, you should probably take a skill, like just letting you know. And I was like, mm, I don't know. And 
I was probably one of the only two or three people who didn't end up taking that class, but they were so convincing. And I was really like, I really feel like I should take something else too. So I got (laughs) admitted to the, uh, the draping and patterning class. Oh, Um, those are awesome classes. Yeah. I took a whole, a whole year of that. So I got to do two semesters solid of just like all that. And before then I was making cosplay anyway for like anime conventions for fun. So like I was, and my friends, both my best friends in college were also fashion design majors. So they would learn things in class and they'd be like, I learned this, but it would help me if I can explain this to someone. And you're working on that thing right now for your costume anyway. So like, can I just, and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, free knowledge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Please do everything you learn class. in your classes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how that started. And then it kept, it, so I got a good amount of, of work and um, I guess like experience working with costumes anyway from there. And I've always been, you know, sewing stuff anyway. So it wasn't like it was a, a difficult transition or sort of adjustment or a focus because pretty much most of my time as a designer spent character building anyway. And that's huh. a lot of what acting is anyway. So it kind of found it. They, they're very, I think the word synonymous, maybe the wrong word, but they are on the same plane. Yeah, yeah. That totally makes sense. So you started doing cosplay before actually kind of doing costumes in theater? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. (laughs) 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 That that was the the real intro, really, um, in a professional sense. But that, uh, at least for for people who don't know what cosplay is, it's uh, when you see all the nerds at Comic-Con dressed in costumes, that's cosplay um the cosplay i've done uh because i've only done a couple but i feel like the skills are like half costumes half props because Mm -hmm. the headdresses and the weapons and the Mm -hmm. wands and the everything else is is prop stuff that goes with the cosplay so do you do those two you can make cool anime weapons um so yes and so uh (laughs) <laughs> there was a point where things kind of got awesome and crazy with like Warbla and um, other like um, heat activated materials came out where it started. I like, love Warbla. Like you know, like that's where that I can do like props like stacks and like sectors and stuff like that. Like if it's a pole object, I'm really good at it for some reason. <laughs> I think it's like the Sailor Moon you know, growing up, like watching it for so long, being like, I have to make this somehow. And like 10 years later, I'm like, that's how that'll. But um, I've made like a lot of props that were more like, I haven't made, like I made a sword once, but I made it out of like foam. And then I like used like a heat, like a soldering rod, if you will, to like burn it down and shaped it that way. It was for heavenly sword. So I made the whole thing out of foam. And that was like the beginning of me being like, oh, this is how you make stuff. And then I recently did a, uh, it was a scepter with like a microphone on the top. And so I had to take a pile mic and then I drilled it into the, uh, to the metal pole that I purchased and then kind of made it go together and added feathers and bows and ribbons that go with it. So um, there is a lot of prop work that happens. Sometimes there's like a, like a jewel that you're. There's, <laughs> there's often jewel. jewels. Yeah. <laughs> and they're always heart shaped. So you're like, I can't buy that at Michael's. <laughs> um, you gotta make it from air I guess but I started working with like paper clay and, and materials like that um to just be able to craft those kinds of things but um 
you know, I, I know I'm not that great at armor. I make my armor out of, um, what is it called? Foam and like a sleeve, like a, like a, um, like I'll put the foam inside of a patterned piece or something like that. So it's like a pillow. Like that's how I like to make my armor. They're very soft. It makes sense for me. I can make a pattern of 3D, you know, flat pattern and turn it into something else. But to build from a piece of whatever board, you know, has not hit my wheel set yet, but mostly because of space and neighbors and my concerns <laughs> with all those kinds of plastic heats melting. And so anyway. Eh, yep. Kai and I once made a vacuum form table in the kitchen. You know, I thought you mostly did that at the playhouse. Huh? I thought you mostly did that kind of stuff at the playhouse. You did it in your kitchen? Well, we did the original, uh, like, making the mold of Kai's body with the... um, Cellophane and plaster? Yeah, the plaster of Paris bandage things. But then Mm -hmm. when we decorated those into the pattern that we wanted, then we did the vacuum form in the kitchen at the last apartment. Because we needed an oven, because we needed to warm up the whole piece at once, and the playhouse didn't mm-hmm. have an oven. I'm sure it was great for cooking later, but I was like, your kitchen <laughs> was so tiny, though. I'm trying to picture that. That's uh, entertaining. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, especially with the shop back and all kinds of things. Uh, one day I'll get a big one, and it'll be way exciting, you know, when I get the 3D printer and the CNC machine and all that. We'll just go crazy. <laughs> Those will all be excellent. Uh, okay, so back back to theater. As much as uh, I can talk about the nerdum and cosplay and stuff forever, so yeah. where did you get your BFA? I know you lived up north, San Francisco area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went to school. Um, I moved to Virginia when I was about twelve, and so I used that in-state option, and I went to Virginia Commonwealth University, which is in Richmond, and um, really great art school. Like uh, I think for theater, we're num- we're like third or sixth or something like that for tech mostly but they say for the whole theater department but it's really third because of the tech department like they were so good that was like oh my goodness um that's awesome usually you hear theaters because they're known for their actors not necessarily tech so yay yeah yeah, they were super great like i mean the acting is like six you know but sixth but this was back then so these are rankings or whatever don't really mean much but it's just like they were doing such really good work acting wise we came out with like very well-rounded actors i see lots of us still working today Mm -hmm. you know most of my class is still like out we're out here doing it in whatever way that we can staying involved in theater and the craft and uh but yeah, so I liked VCU a lot. Really good, uh, really great program. Very mentorship stuff going on there. Um, just like about honest, solid, like we are making theater and we're making art and we're storytellers. So like I've always had a pretty good grounding about what theater was to me. And I appreciate them very much. That's excellent. So what made you go from Virginia back out here to Los Angeles? Southern California. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I missed, I missed being in, well, see, I did think about going back to NorCal real hard. Like that was super difficult, but I knew there were a lot of opportunities acting wise down here. Mm-hmm. So um, I had done a workshop out here and had some really good responses to my look and like what I had to offer. So I thought that LA would be the best option for me, but it was like, I needed to not be in the cold. Um, and Virginia's just like, I, I miss my family a lot, but I miss California a lot too. And it's who I am as a person and just like the essence of my being was bred in NorCal and we're just a whole breed of people and I'm like I am just I I can't not be in this state it makes it makes me feel like I'm at home too so it's uh I I feel you there (laughs) yeah I keep trying to get my husband to 
I keep trying to get my husband to go to California. Like we'll go visit, but he was born and raised in Brooklyn. And so like, he's not comprehending, but just this past week, he was like, he said something. And I was like, that was a very California sentiment. He was like, yeah, I think it's rubbing off on me. And I was like, can we move to California soon? He was like, and by soon, you mean in 12 years when I retire? I was like, well, you know, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Try to dig him out of that house then. Ashford is, is, amazing it she'll have like 15 layers of clothes on backstage yeah it always looks like she's ready to just curl up with a book and a cup of coffee and half she's the even time, in southern california yeah but she's always cold and the theater yes. east west players because it's a three-story building and it's only Historical. one heating air conditioning unit so the people on the top floor are always like it's hot and i'm down on the bottom floor like with a heater on next to my feet and then astrid comes around the corner and she looks like it's snowing outside (laughs) so completely understand (laughs) and it's usually soft sometimes i'm like come here astrid i just i just want to touch that layer because it looks so (laughs) soft and warm (laughs) It's who I am as a person. I'm like, yes, please. Oh, softness. Please touch. Yes, thank you. Like, so, like, into it. Just, like, so happy. Like, ah, oh, human contact. How's everyone doing? We're so beautiful. <laughs> I like like, That's okay. what I love about theater. I have that discussion so often. Like, we're all such, like, personable people, and we just need touch. So many of us. Not all mm-hmm. of us. Jessie Meyer, if she's listening, right. she doesn't like touch. But <laughs> people just, like, everyone gives each other hugs and just, like, touches each other. It's... People in the outside theater world, when I like hang out with people that don't work in theater, they're like, that's normal for you? I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's always something I have to explain to like before I start dating people. I'm always like, so I'm in the theater and I'm very affectionate. Just letting everybody know. I'm <laughs> just all putting that day. out here. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing my best just so everyone's aware. <laughs> that's who we are. That's totally who we are. And I love it. <laughs> they hugging your boss? And I'm like, we're all friends. Why? Why? <laughs> Why not? We work long hours in tight spaces in the dark. That's just what happens. <laughs> At some point. Some point. Some point. Um, it all comes around. Yeah, it really does. I say I wear my, my layers right now. It's okay. My boyfriend makes fun of my layers all the time. He's like, oh, what day is it? Is it Poncho Tuesdays? And I'm like, okay, first of all, I have two ponchos. He's like, I know. <laughs> so Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'm like, oh my goodness! I just want to be warm, and now I get. <laughs> now I need to explain myself. How do I have to explain? Yeah, no, it's I, I love her jokes. They're so funny. Oh my goodness! Oh. Yeah. <laughs> do Do you think that uh, your love for clothing and costumes comes in handy for that? You just have lots of layers around to constantly pile on top of each other. Well, I feel like it's taken me a long time to curate this group of cla- of like fab of like clothing because like when it comes to like as a person, I am more on the like I wish to not have to wear them at all. Like I am very much an, like positive about like being nude and like nudism and like figure model and stuff like that. So for me, it's like being covered is not necessarily my favorite thing on this planet, but we have to do it because of society at this point and also warmth which is why I have lots of warm clothing because it's a protective need and necessity. And that's why humans decided to wear clothes because protection. Got it. Yes. So though I deal with a lot of costumes, it's such an interesting, um, I guess, dichotomy or duality that I have within myself. Cause uh, I keep lots of warm things around and they're also cute. 
And that's why I was so cold as a child because I wanted something warm. But my parents like, yeah, put this coat. I'm like, yeah, but it's not cute. Like if I'm going to be dressing myself in clothes, it should be adorable, right? Like that's- It should reflect how I want to feel. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, it took me years to find this uh, pea coat I have. It's the pink one, Stacey, you've seen it. Like that, I got that in high school. And I have never put that thing down because it is so warm. It's super toasty. Also pink, big, thick cuffs. Like, excuse me, high neck, like straight collar. Like, can we discuss with those buttons? Like, it's very fashionable. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm also toasty. And so that's the, it's easy for me to pick up like really cute vintage pieces. I love thrift shopping because I I like the quality of clothing as well because it's an art, you know, it's art. And um, Mm -hmm. so I actually don't have, I feel like I don't have a lot of like, clothes sometimes solely for the fact that it's I get very picky about what I want to put myself in since uh I just prefer not to <laughs> but I gotta be warm for work and clothes because somebody's gonna be offended as my mom <laughs> says she's like it's not it's not about you it's about what uh, it's about other people sometimes and you have to take them into consideration and I was like I don't understand this concept I am free that you be myself and I'm done with theater school, so I'm totally cool with myself as a person. I have zero hangups now. <laughs> I've dealt with all of it already, so we're good, right? Uh, but that's why I'm with uh, with clothing <laughs> per se. Do you think oh. about when you when you design costumes for a character? Mm-hmm. Do you think about all of that for each specific character as well, like who they are as people and what kind of clothing you're putting them in? Yeah, I think about that a lot. That's really how I start with my character development stuff is I like to work with colors mostly. I mean, it seems so basic, but I really love colors. I like nature and I like to attach um, meanings to colors um, with like, you know, just general color theory that sort of go on from there. Um, Mm -hmm. But I base the beginning of like what color makes me think of that character. And then a lot of that is checking out and learning about their personalities and what which is like, this is like a basic acting exercise per se, when you go through the script and see like, what is people's, what do people say about your character? And what do you say about yourself? And so mm-hmm. it's about like the perceptions, those perceptions can help you build a character really well, easily, you know, mm-hmm. just from the text itself. So um, that's where I start from is textually seeing what other people say, what I say about my, what the character says about themselves and others. And then um, taking those notes and I'll sort of think about what color reminds me of them. It's like how Tuesday for me always, Monday seems blue and Tuesday always has this like, I don't know, like yellowish color. And then I think of Wednesday as a green. I do not know why I put those colors with those date with those days of the week, but like, I guess like I always think of things in color because that's how I learn better is visual. So when I think of Sunday as like an orange, um, an orange and a yellow mixed together. So depending that's on what so Sunday, awesome. Yeah. So when I think of words, I think of colors and I associate them. And so that's how I put together costume. I don't think I've ever thought of days of the week in color. I don't think I think about color and anything besides just color. Like, no, I, I guess see, I see, I see like, people in color sometimes or like feelings in color often. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm feeling a certain way or if I'm like thinking of a certain person or like I'll just look at somebody and like I'll feel a color, which yeah. I know probably sounds very strange as well because you sh- technically don't feel color. But um, 
I do it often with my husband. I'll like close my eyes and I'll be like, you're this color. And he was like, I don't even know what you're talking about right now, but okay. Cindy, <laughs> like you just feel purple right now. <laughs> like, I don't even know what that means, but like, that's the color that I feel is surrounding me. Yeah. Don't look at me like that, Stacy. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. You're a little weird. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like aura work and stuff like that. Like, you know, like yeah, it makes maybe. you think of those things a little bit. Yeah. So I could totally see like thinking of a day of a week as a color. Like, I've heard people hear color. Yeah. Like, uh, Marco Schind- Schindelman, who was the opera director at University of Redlands, he was very, like, he felt taste and he heard color and he, I don't know. And I was like, I guess that makes sense. Because when people listen to music, they can see images and color and stuff. Yeah, I've worked with a pianist mm-hmm. composer who would see the color of the music, like as mm-hmm. he was playing it or as he was composing it. It was just like this rainbow of colors to him. And again, it it just kind of makes sense because when you hear music, you just see all these images. So why not see colors with it? So it mm-hmm. makes sense to like think of a day of a week or think of a person and, you know, there's a color associated with them. Yeah. Now I'm going like to start asking that a lot. It, it helps yeah. me out and... Sometimes I, I, it makes my, um, sometimes my costume work, like, I mean, I know I come from anime land, I'm not gonna lie, so I do, like, a lot of fantastical and bright things, and, um, I love color blocking, and just, like, monochrome is, like, yes, like, all these, just, like, different shades of same colors, I love that stuff, there's just something so beautiful <laughs> about it, so, you know, I, I assume that the things I'll be working will be a little more, like, musically and rather fantastical <laughs> stuff, you know. There it is. There's the dog. <laughs> but I feel like oh musicals, God, guys. so many musicals, besides like Allegiance, which was very mm-hmm. not like your um, old-fashioned right. Hollywood musicals, they are like bright and colorful and everybody's wearing these like, you know, extravagant extravagant colors that you don't necessarily see in real life, but that's just kind of how musicals are, you know? They're, I do like them. Right. Yes. Exactly. I like the I like the ability ability to to build onto something too. Like I mean, I just want look at making things fantastical. Why not? Just in general, like that's where I'm at. Like it's so it's so it's so inspired. And sometimes I mean, I have heard also that there's this um there could be sometimes a division between the those who cosplay and those who are costume designers because I see that the transition is happening a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see that someone who has like a solid degree in costume design may be like, yo, like what you doing here? And you're like, I like anime. And I'm like, fair enough. I can see <laughs> I, I can totally see being like, Hey, like you should do a thing about it. And I try my best to, to learn as much as I can while I'm out, um, on any project that I'm working on. I'm aware of the things that I don't know, but also, sometimes surprised at things that I do. I'm like, oh, that's what that's called. I just called it doing this thing. They're like, yeah, it's got a technical name. I'm like, ha, fair enough. We had a whole discussion <laughs> once about what you call brushes, hairbrushes. And and I was like, it's a hairbrush. And Ashford's like, you mean a wet brush? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, well, that's what it said on the label at the store. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, I mean, um, I had to learn about hair real quick. Like there was not much of a, once I cut my hair out off and uh, I, went, I let my natural hair grow in, it was like, 
my friend was teaching me 100%, but like I had to learn about hair quick. Like there was no time to be like, I guess I'll just like, no, you need to learn how to do this. And so I had to learn, I learned a lot about, uh, I learned about your hair texture and then my hair changed and then I had to learn about what was going on with my natural hair texture. So I was like, oh, okay. So I learned a lot about brushes and things like that for a necessity and to um, to be able to go outside like a person. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only go reason outside. I know. <laughs> Before I was allowed into the real world, I had to figure out what to do with my hair. Please. So real. Yeah, I, I've learned a lot. Like, Ashford's hair, I'd known her for almost a year, and then she showed up at an opening night, and she had an afro, and I didn't recognize her. I was like, whoa, what did... What did your hair do? Usually it's like underneath a bandana or in little dreadlocks or something. She's like, nope, this is what it does. And I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> Whatever How did your it hair was, do that's really that? what it <clears throat> My hair does this. And this is just all it does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I get out of the shower, I run a comb through it, and this is it. If I try to curl it, it just goes back to this. So it's this or a ponytail or a braid. And that's about all my hair does. Yeah. And Ashford can do all kinds of things with her hair. In fact, she has to do things with her hair. I'm still working on... I've been, like, going through these these twists and locks for so long. <laughs> uh, I am ashamed right now. Um, I just, my, my, my goal is this moment is to please don't create a lot of damage right now so protective hairstyles are fun and then you get lazy because you have a protective hairstyle but it turns into this cycle of just please do your hair please have time to do it so yeah i could talk about hair all day we have a whole three hour podcast on that. <laughs> could do so this. true but not makeup we already discussed that earlier no. you don't do makeup no, not at all. I have to get acne. Acne. Acne needs to clear up. Let's get these dark spots first before I cover them. Can we just handle that? That's really yep. what I want is can I handle the health of my skin first? <laughs> Why? Yep, a, still battle with me. <laughs> Where did this? I'm so much older now. It's still there. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> I have a question going back to, to costumes. Did you... Stacy told me. I guess she met you on your wardrobe crew for Allegiance, correct? Mm -hmm. Or so did you start? I guess not really start out because you started out as a performer. But did, mm -hmm. do you do more like wardrobe stuff, or do you do more costume design, or is it very mixed? Well, right now it's about half and half. I mean, um, I I've been working at East West about five five years now, five five years or so, five seasons at least, and. Um, I've been their wardrobe supervisor for pretty much that entire time. There was about three or four shows when I first started. We were like, okay, we like working together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Like, you know, before he was like, yeah, we're just going to have you as our person. So, like, you keep coming mm -hmm. back. Um, so we have someone to take care of our overhead for costume section. Uh, um, in the great. last two years, I decided to start designing. Um, and, yeah, just decided to be like, I'm just going to design now. But I thought I've been working, doing this one job for several years what is the next uh, step up from that and mm -hmm. um, how can I continue to grow as an artist? And so I thought about what, what would be my promotion. So then I just gave it to myself and I was like, yes, I'm going to start designing because that's the <laughs> logical step of where I'm going with my career and allowing the universe to take me on this journey of costumes. I'm like, okay, I'm trusting you. So for the past few years, I've been doing both um, 
wardrobe and costume design about the equal amounts. Can I ask, because I don't remember if we've talked about this in other podcasts, but when we talk about wardrobe separate from costumes, can you just explain a little bit about like what that means? So like mm-hmm. when are you kind of brought into the process? How much do you communicate with the designer? And then what does that mean during like tech and production and run of shows? Yeah, so what the pro- so the process like it started when I first started working at East West. My I would come in straight just at Tech Week, and um, I would as you know mostly I'd just be there to um, when it comes to wardrobe, we're running the show itself. You know, I'm learning what my track is going to be, what quick changes we need to do, also taking care of laundry throughout the week or at, at, at the end of the week as well. Um, and then as I started working there more often, I kept getting called in a little bit earlier and earlier because the costume designer would need assistance. And they mm-hmm. gotta, when they realized, like, oh, yeah, she can sew and she can work and all that jazz, too. So um, then my my time for wardrobe supervision sort of became like, OK, well, a few weeks before the, the show opens or the week or two before, we'll need you to come in to help and assist and maybe help finish up with build. And then it turned into me helping with build. And then it sort of became now I'm at this place where uh, I'm assisting the, the costume designer just officially, just be like, okay, now you're just her assistant because you're going to be here anyway. And we've kind of been calling you in more and more. And mm-hmm. then, and then supervision for wardrobe in general will be like, if somebody needs something from the warehouse and, um, and now like if people need rentals and stuff, like I'll handle that. But the, the switch to costume design is more like you are bringing in the costumes like that. Like you're picking the costumes, you're putting the whole show together. And so by the time you meet up with the wardrobe person, then, you know, you'll be like, okay, so these are the changes that are going to be happening in the show. This is ideally, I like this. And you're like, oh, this is where the, sh- the changes are. Here's the list. And you're like, I don't have to make my own list. Yay. Yay. <laughs> you and the, the designer making a list together of being like, okay, so these are the quick changes that are important. And um, then you could both collaborate on that. So it's almost like even if the costume designer will start the process and the wardrobe person kind of finishes it and they put up the designer show so they help make the designer's dream come true i don't know else to say it even though it sounds so like uh, it, but but yeah, that's i mean i feel like that's make, what i do as a stage manager i take all the designers and all the directors like things and then i just like help make it happen you help make mm-hmm. somebody else's dream show come true yeah mm-hmm. totally makes sense is that the answer to the question yeah 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 no it's wonderful I love that you've just been like kind of adding on more and more and more. Do you find it more helpful coming in earlier in the process and kind of like helping to finish up costumes? Cause then you're more familiar with how those costumes work as opposed to just like day one, here's 600 costumes. Go for it. My heart was like, I was there. I was like day one, 600 costumes. Oh my God. <laughs> well, the show that I'm currently working on, I think there's at least three something. So we have yeah, tons of costumes in this show. Boston Lyric Opera is a little bit bigger than East West Players. <laughs> uh, budget, yeah. stage size, stuff like that, you know. Well, I'm sure well, there's lots of people working on that too. But Allegiance had order. Allegiance had quite a few costumes. Like oh, I could have sworn there yeah. was fifty chorus members because of how many costume changes they had. So that's uh, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot going on in that show. There was a lot going on in that show and I tell you I mean, I've never been more proud, honestly, more proud of my work in that show. Like, that was, like, when it comes to wardrobe, like, that yeah, great. And I remember me and, Aunt, me and Andy were talking about it. He's like, so you won't be, like, the main supervisor for this one. You'll just be on the crew, just so you know, because it's a different stage. That was kind of, like, great, because I am seeing what's happening right now. And uh, I don't I'm know really what to be in charge of that. <laughs> I think I'm really excited. 
that I don't have to be in charge of this one right now. Thank so you so true. much. <laughs> Watching it all happen. But I worked on the build, so I knew all the... Oh, well, yeah, I worked on the build, so I knew like the costumes. And mm-hmm. I like being able to come in early. Um, <clears throat> I think it's more like making sure I'm just getting credit for coming in early, because sometimes it'd just be like, yeah, you're just the wardrobe person. I'm like, you know, I worked on build, too. Like, make sure everybody knows. Like, right. make some stuff. Just, just to make sure that I also get credit for those kinds of things. I'm learning that as a professional. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I helped on it. But just everyone knows, like, I also did all these build things, too, which is important on my on my end. Okay. So that's so important to me. Like, when I first started as a director <laughs> of production at a company, it people weren't necessarily getting credit for, like, what they were actually doing. And so my first kind of um, playbill program that I was putting together I started looking at it and I was like I don't even know some of these names and so I would go to the people who are putting the program together and I was like who are these people can we actually have actual names so like oh well these three people are just always listed and I was like but that person doesn't even work in the union anymore like why is his name still in our program and I was like can we actually have the program represent what actually happened and then I kept sending in all these edits you know like this is our head costume person this is our head wardrobe person these are all the stitchers they're like well we don't know if we have room for stitchers and I was like if you have room for everybody else you have room for stitchers because they're just as important as you know everybody else in this production and so it took like a season before we got it to where I was comfortable with it and that it actually represented like these are the people that put on the production you know I'm Mm -hmm. like everybody is just as important to me. And so it was a very big deal. So I appreciate that you say that because, uh, yeah, a painter, a stitcher, wardrobe crew, you know, helping to pull props, all of those people should be listed in the program because they put in just as many hours as, you know, anybody else does. So, but it's difficult to kind of advocate for yourself to say, no, I want to be listed this way. And it's kind of like a weird situation because you don't want to, you know, upset the company by being like, actually, I want my name listed in here four times because I did four separate jobs on this show. But hopefully we'll all get there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like we all do a lot of jobs at, at the theater. Right, exactly. Yeah. Who just does one job? That'd be nice. <laughs> I mean, what is it? What we did, was it be, no, um, the last one, Man of God, like somehow I became props. It was just because I knew how to use the silicone paint. Yeah, been she was like, I know how to do that. that. And I was like, I great, here, make this kidney look like it's bloody. I'm not sure why Costumes is doing this, but uh, thank you, Ashford. <laughs> it turned, it that, was it, amazing. <laughs> thank you. Even Glenn came in. Glenn was like, did you do this? So he's like, I came in, it just looked real real. And I was like, thank you. He's like, ah! But that's, um, that's and then we were starting chatting about, like, you should be listed doing this stuff. And I was like, should I even think about that? I just wanted to help. And he's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I just wanted to help. But that's where cosplay comes into those um into that because I could just be I have that set of knowledge. Like I was still new working with blood, but like the idea of mixing chemicals and putting together paints, I'm like, yeah, this sounds about I can handle this. Okay, let me just get this in and then, you know, thank you. Thanks, thanks, anime. <laughs> it was a great kidney. Like, I don't know when we're gonna it. It was disgusting looking. When I saw the pictures, I was like, I don't even want to look at this picture. This is so <laughs> gross. I, I would just Hello. poke it. It was so amazing. Glenn made the kidney, and then Astrid made it look like it was dripping with blood. It was great. <laughs> it was a good day. It was a good couple of days. Yeah. That stuff takes, like, forever to cure. It sat on a cup upstairs in the dressing room for, like, three days. And I mean, bloody... I also could... 
There was costumes hanging, being like, don't touch this, blood wet. <laughs> yes. Perfect. <laughs> You're making a choke on your coffee now. <laughs> I remember, I, 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 I remember Glenn being like, you know, you got pretty lucky. Like, this is sort of kind of how these things work. I was like, I'm pretty sure I did get lucky. Because sometimes they just won't care. And I was like, mm-hmm. So I'm really glad that... um my natural instincts kicked in and things were great. I was like, cause that, they didn't set for several days. He's like, yeah, that's a, a natural, that's a normal problem. That could probably be this, this or that when it comes to mixing. I'm like, I'm so glad we talked about this afterwards. Cause getting feedback is good, but also, uh, you would have been more nervous if you knew great. that beforehand. Cause you would have been like, am I doing it right? Am I doing it? I was like two to one. I did it. Or, you know, one to one. Like I did it. I did the thing. We're good. Right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I was like, Oh, thank God yeah. somebody else is doing that. I'm going to worry about these lights. <laughs> I see you guys do that. So you guys come through our area and you're like, mm-mm, nope, turns around, leave. Yep. Whatever is going on in here, I just, I'll just use the other bathroom. It's cool. Gosh, I'll just, <laughs> whatever. I'm going to tell you you're doing a great job. Let me know if you need anything. I'm going to go back downstairs. <laughs> As wardrobe supervisor, do you, does Andy and Stacey give you the opportunity to like find your own crew? Oh yes, absolutely. That's usually how it. If I so usually I don't have a crew. <laughs> yeah, like, usually it's me, basically. <laughs> um, what? Um, but that. But when it becomes like um, when we have a situation where we need one, yeah, that's usually I pick my own crew. Like um, I think it was kind of hard for this next one coming up because it was a mixture of like. Um, I may have to teach one of my crew members a little bit more, but also I recognize that if I have my person who's going to be our sub and our swing, she can just come in and doesn't matter. Like, and I had to like make that choice, like within myself, I'll be like, is it better to have somebody there who's like always on top, but then my sub comes in and then like it may not be able, like, you know, I have, you can tr trust that one person be able to uh, just come in and just make it happen. So yeah. it's been a, um, it's been like a hard sort of moment for me to decide because I love everybody. I just want the whole thing and I want everybody yeah. to work on it. But, you know, it's um, I like picking my crews because I could just think of people who who I know who can work. But then sometimes like all those people are so good that they're also already booked. Yeah. <laughs> so that puts me in a position where I'm well, like, Asher, oh, no, what do I do? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know, but uh, hey. We there was a discussion about you with the troubadours because they wanted you for Julius Weezer mm -hmm. that Haley and I are also on, but both of us. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, she can't. She's on Mamma Mia, and they're like, what? But she was really good, and we're like, I'm like, she's already booked. They're like, well, who else is available? I was like, I don't know. Ashford takes the good people when she does other shows too, <laughs> and so Ashford they're like, well, can we have someone like Ashford? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> So it was kind of a battle, like, who gets Ashford for what show? It's like, she's already on Mamma Mia. Because <laughs> when I first heard about Julius Weezer, I remember it was, like, at the end of Santana Claus. So yeah. uh, me and Corey were, like, the stage manager, she was like, yeah, can you do March? And I was like, absolutely. I got you March. Because that was the idea I I first heard they were going to do a performance or show in March, which I found out later was a table read, which is fine. But also, I thought it was going to be the show. So, like, I'm like, yeah, it's good, oh, I'm good. Yeah. And then when I realized that that was happening later, I was like, oh, I, I think I said that, too. I was like, I cannot do May, though. Like, I can't do 
I can do the, this is the time I have. I'm, this is for you. But I couldn't, on top of it, I thought it was like something I had done. I was like, oh, no, they have a contact to me yet. It's, we're in March right now. Are we not doing the show? Is everything okay? Do I miss something? Like, so stressed. And I'm, but it helps me understand that, every, that both of you were working on the project and were like, we know where she is. <laughs> like, we we've already booked her somewhere else yeah i was like and that's why you have to book people early yeah i was like i need her on mama mia that that show's gonna be ridiculous and i've already helped redesign one of the stairwells with costume hooks at ashford heights so i'm gonna need her to stay (laughs) east west for that show (laughs) i can't change those hooks so you're just gonna have to replace your your wardrobe person sorry yep i gotta keep her (laughs) find somebody else i put ashford on another job (laughs) <laughs> that's really funny i'm so mad because i know we we this is something so specific we talked about yeah i'm like safety and i just put my arm up this is unacceptable i can't what am i so look at my arm it is all the way up i'm on my tiptoes please 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 ashford when you come back the stage left stairwell is gorgeous there are oh, black walls that. there are hooks there's mirrors We've cleaned shit out. Ooh. You are gonna love it. I saw like the halfway between that came by a couple days ago. I'm gonna go in today anyway, so I'll get a chance to look it out. But like I hadn't seen the extra mirrors, but I did see like I think it was Vegan. You put a not Vegan. Um, Romanagaji put up a a temporary hook, and that just it was like a temporary hook at my height, and it just made my day. <laughs> and I just to let you know. Yep. But I noticed that temporary hook because you're like, there's no studs there, and I'm like, whatever, just put a thing. And you're like, that's not how any of this works but i feel you you, and i'm gonna do what i can (laughs) the hooks yeah because we the whole discussion there was it was a massive discussion like how far away do the hooks have to be so you can get a hanger on both hooks without them hitting each other i was like that's good but studs are at this distance and i need to put them in studs if you're gonna put five hangers on them and what are the style of hooks because a hanger needs to sit on it but it can't fall off of it but if there's two hooks yeah it was a whole discussion on what hooks and how far apart and what their height was and yeah yeah that sounds kind of confusing yeah Ugh. but i, mean, I, I think even, we're good i have to like after to be gone oh my gosh i keep feeling like the last show we did was that and it was not that's that so was two shows ago yeah. two shows ago so i was learning about how um Sometimes I like to hook them without the hangers, and I feel like now I want to stay. I would love to stand the top of the little balls that are on the edges of the hook because they're so slippery because they're new. And so, like, the fabric falls off if I don't put it on a hanger. And now I'm just sitting here, like, why do I have so many little things that I'm interested in now? But um, it's so awesome so that, that, like, those are the amount of detail that you're allowed to focus on now because the other problems were solved. You know, I mean, Stacy did an amazing job. Like, I can't even thank you for putting things like specifically at my height. Like, you know, <laughs> it really made. Uh, I mean, I can't step stool everything, and I just appreciate you so much. <laughs> you made such a beautiful space. Yeah, it's, even it's... The, the the floor is higher, and I was like, oh, wonderful. Yeah, I built up a floor so we didn't have a ramp going on the stage. But I'm like, but now the floor's higher. I got to move all the hangers up because I don't want to poke anyone's eyes out. So, well, also, like, you know, the things are going to be long. Like, I think my first thought was, like, how long are the dresses going to be in Mamma Mia? Like, that's my question is, how long are the dresses? 
because they right. I don't want them touching the ground, I guess. Just yeah. Put a towel down and call it. Like, that's what I'm going to do. But we also went through all that when we moved to the East West Players Warehouse from their old space to their new space. I added, I we brought Ashford in to the new space. And I said, this is where I'm thinking of putting costumes. It was a big open warehouse. And Ashford closed her eyes and walked around and was like waving her hand and talking to herself and drew me a map and all this. And I was like, I don't know what she's doing. And then she gave me a map and she's like, I need this much stuff. And I was like, great. And then I built it and it took her forever to load all the costumes in because there were just so many costumes in boxes and not organized. And now it is so pretty. Like the guys are on one side, the girls are on the other side. They're by time period. And then her and Haley went through and put them all by like RGB or yeah, Roy G bibbed everything. Mm -hmm. Like the ties are in order by color. It's amazing. (laughs) We just had to lunch up bins with ties in them, but yours makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because that's how, when you're designing, because like, uh, so Haley's super bomb at, um, at um, was it uh, costume history? Because she has a, a master's in it. And so like, when we're putting together, like, I've had, I was like, yeah, so like, you know this stuff more than I know this stuff. Of course, like, when it came to all like the, the, the all the API Asian American stuff, I'm like, I know this because anime, and I feel really bad about this, but I know they don't play around about that. Also watching a lot of kung fu movies like Ip Man and stuff, I was just like, yeah, so I know this solely because I watch a lot of media, and I know this blazer, <laughs> and I know, I, know, I know this thing, this, this rap right here, that's a samurai rap because they use that in this show, and, uh, <laughs> and that makes it Japanese. And this thing over here, I saw that in anything by Donnie N or um of course Jackie Chan but like uh uh Jet Li also did a bunch of stuff too and I'm like I know all of these costumes because media thank you but it was it was a lot of fun to put it together I, I feel like when it comes to design stuff you have um color is the most important thing because that's for me I'm like that's what you're like you're always like yeah I need this shirt in yellow that's always what it's going to be it seems like so it's just, it's just gorgeous. Everyone who walks back there is like, oh, can you do this for me? I was like, I just built the racks. Like, Ashford put things on the racks. I just kept ordering hangers and more hangers and like three more boxes of hangers. Can we get some more? Can we just get some? Why do you order all these at once? Because I just didn't know. And I also know that we can only buy what we need. So yeah. I wouldn't know that until like three orders in i'm like i think this is enough we could still use more um <laughs> it's not you um but thanks for appreciating how my, my mind works i'm like i visually need to walk this through and figure this out so i'm gonna go over here and just have a conversation with my higher self i guess yeah, <laughs> I should actually I should say that more often I need to go have a conversation with myself I'll be back with you in five minutes just let me go have a conversation and uh, we'll figure this out yeah because mm-hmm. I was like I can build you racks but don't I wouldn't even know where to start On I would just be like hang them just hang them up <laughs> and Ashford's go. like nope there's a whole order in map and I was like great give them to Ashford <laughs> These are what we need. We'll probably need three. Fair enough. Yeah. And yeah, that was a lot of fun. I finally took my parents to go see it. They, 
Oh, my mom was so funny. Um, she had recently uh, got diagnosed with gout, so she had a cane with her. She was like, fine, you know, totally about it. And, but we had gone there so late at night, maybe like 11, and someone had parked in front of the gate. So I was like, you all awful people. I can't just drive straight up to the door now, but we'll walk in. So we find a spot, we walk in, and, you know, mom's just complaining the whole time. She's just like, oh, it's so late at night. Are we sure everything's going to be fine? We're not going to get robbed. Just like, first of all, y'all grew up in rougher areas. Y'all need to stop. Second of all, <laughs> um, y'all, y'all need to chill. And so, but then uh, we got in and she was, they were, you know, they were just like, this is really like, it's late at night. We're all alone. This is a little sketch because that's how the warehouse feels at night. And then yeah. we get in there and like, no one said anything to me. Because all I heard was like, at least we got to go check it out and mm-hmm, make Ashford happy. And I was like, guys, you guys are so brutal. I'm right here. I can hear you. Like, you. <laughs> God, we were so brutal to each other. But then later I found out that they were just so happy and impressed with seeing the whole warehouse. I was like, I didn't do all. This is where I was and I had help. Don't just be like, I did this. But also here. And they were very uh, happy and impressed that they got a chance to go see it. And it kind of really helped them understand what I was doing in L.A. They're like, oh, OK. All right. We see it now. Cool. <laughs> so yeah. that was just a really lovely moment that I've had to that I got to have with them on that. That's excellent. I feel like that's so important. My parents, I don't think they really understood it necessarily. I don't even know if they still understand really what I do, but they actually came up to like my thesis project in grad school. The only time they came out to to grad school and they like sat in, I think our show was already open, but then we had this like tech rehearsal in the middle of whatever. And so they actually came and like sat in the theater for a few hours before the show and like watched do all this tech stuff. And then afterwards they're like, we think we understand a little bit of what you do now. And I was like, well, this is a very, very small portion of it, but at least you have a better understanding to like, it's so different to explain to somebody as opposed to them mm-hmm. physically coming and like watching you do what you do. And then they're like, oh, mm. that's what it is. It's <laughs> I, so I satisfying. Yeah. Isn't it? Like, well, I think I have, I felt like I've had that with uh, like some family members who come through. Like my cousin came to visit once and I was explaining like, like she's a nurse. So like different, whole different land and world. Whole different and, world. Like, yeah. She's like, and like the idea of not getting paid nurse land doesn't make sense. Like, I don't understand why would you do a thing that you're not getting? I was like, all right, hold up. But art. (laughs) Um, But I like it. So I do it. (laughs) I do. And I was trying to explain like, okay, so more to supervisors. So like when things come in and it's difficult to explain unless you, you get a chance to see it. Like my parents were very supportive of me being an artist, like my whole life. They were like, I just, they're like, this is what you're going to be doing. We've known since you were like you came out like you just were like uh, oh oh okay that's awesome we see it we're well, let's just prepare our hearts now for all of this that's going to be happening <laughs> later later on and very good so they knew what it was but i think like my dad getting a chance to actually come by um we also went to the to east to the theater itself and uh, i was like this is the theater and they're like oh we get it and i think it was like a really important moment for my dad like uh, he sat in the audience in the seats and just like sat down and was like, yeah. And I turned the lights and and such. And it's like, I get it. And I was like, I knew what you're doing, but it's like kind of nice to see it because I talk about it all the time. And yeah. I'm like, I'm always like, I'm out to the theater. I got to go walk up the stairs now. So I got to go. And, you know, when we're on the phone and stuff, I took him upstairs to the wardrobe space. I'm like, check out where I live. 
<laughs> your name is on one of the mirrors with some sticky notes. Yeah. Yes, I uh, I have not taken that down. I just kind of kept it there. I thought it was important. Yeah, I was just <laughs> it, was important. <laughs> it totally is important. It is. It's very true. Yeah. It's all I get. I haven't asked for anything. I was just like, this is my space. Can we just can I have that? You can put whatever you want. I just I wanted to be out of the way as possible. <laughs> yep, I I just leave it. I'm like, yep, this is Ashford's area. It's her name. We we'll just leave it. Just take it down if she wants to. Otherwise it's yeah, hers. I- I figured they, I figured they would take it down because like uh, they have put the photos up for the actors. So I figured like when they were doing that, it would go if it needed to go and if they needed the space. But since it hasn't, I'm just like great. I'm like <laughs> okay, until you, until you need it. Don't mind me. I'm just enjoying this right now. Yeah, see no reason to move it. Seems good to me. <laughs> Seems good. To me. I have a non-theater question. Um, Besides always being warm, you are like the expert of food in L.A. and your mm-hmm. love for all food. Is there yeah. a recommended food place that people should go to when they're out in like little Tokyo or L.A. or a place that I need to go to that I haven't checked out yet? You're like, or Stacy's tired of the food she eats and wants to eat something else. Yeah. I mean, Ashford's well, always going on about some great food. And I'm like, damn it, I never go out and eat food. And she'll come in and be like, dim sums. <laughs> Like, man, I just went to a dim sum place and I ate everything. When her family was out, I think they did theater and food the whole time. So I just want to know what I'm missing. That's what we did. Oh, oh so many good food places. Um, so it depends on what you're looking for. But if you're a little Tokyo, I really like, I just found out there's another Daikokuya um, that's a little bit closer to um, the fashion district. I did not know this. This is new for me. Um <laughs> I think that's where it is, or it might be, you know, maybe it's something else. Okay, the point is Daikokia is the best ramen, I think, personally. Um, But you have to get there at 11 a.m. when they open or go by yourself. It is very popular now, and I feel like I told too many people, and I said something. (laughs) I'm really happy for them. Like, I'm so happy for them. Have a line out the door. They're a small place to do cash only. Like, the dude is, they brought this 14 to 16 hours prepped and boiled in another uh, location at their warehouse. They're doing beautiful work there. So like I'm I'm here for that. But I'm also like, but now everyone knows I can't just get a bowl of ramen anymore. But um that's that. I like their pork broth. I think the tokatsu is really nice. Um they have the option of koteri, I believe that's the name of it, but it's uh it's K-O-T-T-R-E-I, I believe. And the point is is that it's just the back fat and they just they add some more back fat specifically to the um the broth in addition to the pork broth that's been um been simmering for 16 hours so there's that too um i like that option it, i think it's 50 cents <laughs> like, <laughs> and I, you can get a half bowl of ramen there as well and i'm just i can't eat the whole bowl of ramen and you know you can't either so i'm not playing that game with myself i just get the half bowl and finish the whole thing <laughs> i would probably like sit there and be like i'm gonna finish this like it's so yummy and then i'll probably regret it later but be like but it's so yummy that's what that i i've had that same thought i'm like oh i got this like you think you do but it's a lot um but there's a new place uh there's a new karage spot it's just like the japanese fried chicken and i can't it's it's next to the quiz notes (laughs) <laughs> that's how I remember it, but it's got a giant chicken on it that's painted it red. I don't, you can't really miss it. I like that <laughs> spot too. Um, but if you go into Chinatown, there's a spot uh, that does the dim sum 
as well. But um, it's a you can do a lot of to go. It's kind of packed all the time, but they're open till three a.m. and it's called Wancock, and that's just that's wonderful. But it's not even. I was talking with Andy. It's not even the best. It's just the spot that's open, and that, that it's just available. Really it, it, it's good. Like I like their pork buns. Like I I like the the buns. The baked buns are really good there. Um, and that's really what I'm going for is the pork buns, and then shumai is next. But I grew up on like a steady diet of pork buns in Chinatown from San Francisco, so I'm kind of like the pork buns. Like that's so we eat pork buns and those butterflies. So, <laughs> so that's my food recommendations for those top two. I'm never going to Chinatown now, so I think I'm going to have to do yeah. that. I usually just a, like um, mm, ramen. Mm, yeah, oh, dude. I, I mean, I would take you, but you have to go by yourself. Like, I can't go with. I can't. That line is too long. Like, you cannot <laughs> go together. But yeah, like, I just don't have that patience. I don't. I can't even take my parents. So I'm always like, Mom and Dad, we should, we should do this. I'm like. Ah, that's a wait. That's a wait. Um, I just want food now. <laughs> no, I, I'm up. Yes, the same. Because there's a, what is it? I think the place is called The Little Jewel. And now I feel really bad that I don't have that information with me. But there's a New Orleans spot that I just found out. I think I just posted about it on Facebook. And uh, they do New Orleans Fair. And they have po' boys. And shrimp and grits. And stuff from home. And southern stuff there as well and i feel like it's called the little jewel like the gem now i feel bad i think the jewel because that's something that new orleans is known for anyway there's a lot of good food downtown i always think of these places because i go there i used to look i know a lot of spots because i go on foot and i can't i never look up because we don't that's just not a thing humans do and i never look up the side of the name of the place you know if you want to hide just look up yeah, nobody <laughs> looks at the ceiling. Uh, Light bulbs go out, <laughs> ceilings falling down, nobody notices. No one ever looks up. Like, so you can tell that when you're in the catwalk, you're like, wow. Yep. <laughs> here. Nobody um, looks up here. There's one place near, I'm going to get this right, Los Angeles. I see it in my mind. I think it's a six, so sorry, six, between 6th and 7th Street. And I believe it's Grand. It should be Grand or, um, no, Broadway. It's between 6th and 7th Street on Broadway. Okay. There is a little place. I think it's like it's like a small cafe. Um, I think it's next. It's also next to this place that's a, a burger shop. And I know this is like so specific, but it used to, it's a big, so it used to be an orange building, a small little spot. Um, they sell Mexican food there. I'm not sure why that's important. Um, <laughs> But I'm just to give like I've watched this place next to this next to the cafe change so many times, and I was like, "But you had really good Mexican food. There was no need for this to be a burger spot. No one cares about burgers. This was really good Mexican food." <laughs> but that's fair. But anyway, the place I'm t- I'm thinking of, uh, yeah, probably between sixth and seventh, and they sell a a lobster grilled cheese sandwich that is probably one of the most best things I've ever eaten in my life. And, oh, interesting. Um, I've never had lobster and the grilled cheese. It's beautiful and unnecessary. Like my mom and I, I took my mom there. I was like, mom, we need to have this sandwich. And we bought one. She was like, why is this so good? It's just the grill. I was like, I know, but it's a little hole in the wall. And they did have like coffee and things like that in there. But um, I'm sure if you just look it up, you'll be able to pin it somehow really quickly. 
and you'll you'll see it. And they have like little seats outside that are also on the uh, street, so that's a good way to recognize it. And um, I miss that sandwich; it's so beautiful. Sorry, I talked about this forever. Between sixth and seventh on Broadway, mm-hmm. next to Orange Building. Mm-hmm. Next to Orange Building. It seats might be like Cold Sutton Cafe. You know, something real simple, too. <laughs> like Lobster grilled cheese. Okay, that might be lunch today or tomorrow. Yeah, no, I uh, I ate that two to three years ago, and I, I still think about it. That was the last <laughs> time I had one was when my mom came to visit, and I took her. And, <laughs> like, last year... We didn't go last year, but the the last time she came before that, so it was probably four years ago. Yeah, it was the last time I probably went and got one because it's it's ten to twelve dollars. Just so you know, that's why I don't eat it all uh, the time. But it's exciting. Try it once. The chips I think are homemade too, so it comes with chips, uh, chip chips, like potato chips, but they're made <laughs> from scratch, I believe. Nice. Okay, gonna have to try that place out. Uh, we're getting close to an hour, we're at an hour, or something like that, so mm-hmm. I, I kind of warned like an hour ago, twin stories. You got any good twin stories? I mean, my... F- <laughs> so my, my, my thought, my first thought was, um... okay, two thoughts, I'll be quick about it, um. <laughs> I, was, I remember these two twin twin boys in like I think it was middle school or high school who I both thought were cute and they might have just been brothers but I thought they were twins because they were the same age and they were both in my classes too so it was Ricardo and Javier and they were both in uh in some of my classes I just thought they were super cute so like now I can all think about it, it as like my crushes on these twin boys in like <laughs> high school middle school like I was very, I was yeah. In my, in my, it was it was middle school, so I just remember those some them existing and being beautiful, and I was like, I am so young. Like, why is this something I'm thinking of right now? I'm like barely <laughs> middle school right now. I'm like, but they're so cute. I'm like, okay. So that's my twin <laughs> stories. They're so like that. And then I just remember my boyfriend and having this like really funny chat because we've been looking at old '90s commercials, and there was a time when like I think it was Budweiser did a bunch of commercials that were like all this great stuff and also twins and i was like are they are they talking about like having twins like at your party like why is this such a specific thing yeah that, let's look that, it that up. this company is very much like also and twins like twice in the same commercial and i was like i know what you guys are talking about but this is really inappropriate to also be in your commercial so those are the two <laughs> things Yay, 1990s, or earlier, you know. when things mm-hmm. that are not appropriate now were okay. Right? I was like, guys, but so just cute and adorable things. Just <laughs> lovely, attractive twins. That's what I remember. <laughs> Those are my twin stories. That's uh, great. It's just natural, I guess. They're twins, they're cute. Yeah. They match. Matching things are cute. Very cute. I see lots of little kids, little kid twins now at, at school. Um, and so... They're always so precious. I'm like, oh, you guys match. Or you guys do not match. This is great. Or like slightly match. I was like, oh, you guys are little opposites. This is really adorable. But yeah, that's, a, that's, that's me. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Uh, I got to go.
do go back to East West. I'm sure I'll run into you there later today, right? Yep. Maybe I'll pick up some brushes and makeup tools. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. One hour. Need to take off. We all have <laughs> plenty of theater things to do. And I will see you <laughs> later today and at, definitely at Mamma Mia. And I'll be posting plenty of pictures. Yeah. I think I'm going to post the kidney picture again because it was a good one. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> thank thank, thank, thank. Thank you for having me. And I hope I did. I, I know I can talk. So I appreciate um, <laughs> you guys. No, it's like, I need to get oh, Astrid on. She's got plenty of exciting things to talk about. So thank <laughs> you. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, I will see you a little bit later today. And uh, I'll check in on that you know, warehouse space. <laughs> down, yeah. yeah. And then I'll be down at the warehouse if you, if you guys need me. Excellent. Thank you, Astrid. Thank you, Stacy. Nice to meet you, Cindy. Yeah, I think she lost her internet or something. She disappeared a minute That's ago. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bye. 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 Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more, visit our website at twinstocktheater.podbean.com and subscribe on iTunes or Google Play Music. You can also interact with us on Facebook or Instagram at twinstocktheater. Title music, Dance Macabre, is provided by Kevin McLeod of IncomTech.com under Creative Commons License 3.0.